0: The subject for the evening talk is Back to the Future. Uh, And the the subtitle for the talk is Life in New York City. (laughs) (laughs) And both titles were provided by the staff, I should add. (laughs) In the talk with you this evening, I would like to explore... Uh, a little bit, our relationship to what we conceive of as the future and the way that affects us, both with regard to the present, with regard to the past, and with regard to the future itself. And so when we are exploring the three fields of time, that is past, present and future, we notice how frequently on the horizon, both near and far, thoughts of future occur. And these thoughts, since thoughts don't have any independent self-existence, they rather arise in relationship to a whole variety of other images, feelings, ideas, memories, all of which, as it were, pieced together and impact on the consciousness in such a way that we begin thinking about the future in very typical ways. And we do this so in such a patterned way that we tend to take the way we think about the future for granted, as though that's the way it is. And this constantly creates difficulties for us so I would like to explore uh, a little bit and to see what some of our options shall we say are with regard to that and one of the things which does occur for us when we've been actively involved in the present as we have been in the days here and exploring and going into the present then our Field of associations, how what we are familiar with and the context of it helps to shape the way the consciousness is. So, when you and I are in this kind of situation, the various and numerous events which have gone on have their impact and their influence. And hopefully, out of this comes some insight, some learning some uh, depth of uh, mindfulness or awareness, and some sense of what's important for a a well-balanced life, a life of wisdom. And because, as took place this afternoon in the walking core behind, there's a lot of appreciation, a lot of uh, uh, gratitude for everyone here who contributes in a very direct way, all of us, to the welfare of our respective consciousnesses. In that, then, there can come about, in that or at any time, some future thought. And this future thought possibly goes along the lines, well, soon, tomorrow, in this case, or a day after, I go back to, or I go to... And what very easily can occur in any situation, and this can be one and fairly typical, where a a clear contrast is made between being here and being somewhere else. This contrast gets so established, and thought perpetuates the contrast, it confirms it, it says, When I am here, it is like this. Then goes, but. When I am there, we should, incidentally, I would advise everybody to drop but from their vocabulary (laughs) unconditionally. So the, the thought goes about here, and then comes in the but, when I go to. And when this is occurring for us, we've got the images of differences... The, 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 the perceived image of where we'll be and what we'll be doing or what it is here. But with the differences, we just see differences. We just perceive differences. And then we say to ourselves, well, being here is totally different from being there. Being in, in Barry is is different from being in the Bronx. And no one is going to convince me otherwise. I haven't been to the Bronx. I am just going on people who live in the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when the reputation of the Bronx reached rural South Devon, you know, it's, got a re- <laughs> it's definitely got a reputation. <laughs> so this image... Which one has. And then they say, ah, but it's not just an image, this is experience, you know, I've been in the Bronx, you know, or I've wherever it might be. So around the thought and let us say the name of the place, the person that one is going to see, that thought arises and it gets as it were, coagulate with a whole variety Sometimes I'll say negative images, and with that, it the image feeds into dissatisfaction, unrest, anxiety, fear, worry, concern, and all of that only seeks to heighten the difference. It only only perpetuates the belief. And this is hard. This is the hard thing to disentangle. It only perpetuates the belief that there is a real, major, big difference between here and there. And we do that in countless situations right now. It might be uh, the center in comparison to some other place. When we only perceive differences, we live in differences. When we only perceive differences, we live in a pattern of mind, of duality, of this and that, and never the twain shall meet. And I wonder whether we can find ways, this is when the future appears as uh, difficult, when, whether we can find ways which don't in fact substantiate the differences so much and give us an opportunity to look into it and see other ways of looking. Inquire into that mold of thinking. And what one hears here, when one says, "Ah, oh, yes, right, but then one says, well, yes, I know what I have to do. I have to be here and now. This is one of the most repeated ad nauseum ideals that one has heard over these last nine days. And one has heard, "Be, oh yes, I know what I do. I, I just have to be moment to moment I'll look after this moment, I'll look after today, and then the the, the, the Bronx, which is, with its bad press, that will look after that when I get there, wherever it is. And when the one hears, oh, I know what I have to do, uh, I have to let go, that's what it is. I'll just let go of the future. Now, I've never met anybody in my whole life who's let go of the future, but, you know, if... Um, you've realized, let, all, let go of all the future and everything, then just daydream when I talk about it. But for those of us who still find the... F- <laughs> but for those of us who still find that the, the, the future thought um, still um, occurs, then listen on. So this, So then one comes, I must be here and now, I must be moment to moment, or I must let go. And that, as it were, becomes a kind of strategy to help deal with the variety and abundance of future thoughts. But sometimes the strategy, the way of approach, it it works, it's effective. But sometimes, as we know only too well, and rather painfully too well, it just doesn't work. So then one has to find ways to, and ways and means to explore different ways of looking at it. So one of the first considerations that we might give care and attention to and ask ourselves when we are caught up in future thinking, when we know we're, there's some involvement, there's some investment, and it's preoccupying mind, this is important, but is the future thought preoccupying mind? If it is, one of the things we may ask ourselves is what is the influence of memory in the present which is pushing on the present to such a degree that it's highlighting in an exaggerated way the future? If the future is important, the impact of the present must be registering itself much more than what we've realized. So, for example, we take... We're working with the unpleasant. There's an unpleasant thought about what it's going to be like when I get two. And then after that, you just add your own name to it. And in that, what's the background to this? What kind of memory is working here? So sometimes the memory and the influence is simply a named influence. Like I said, New York City. And there's a whole wide number of people who say, yes, it's difficult living in New York. There's so much tension in New York. There's so much aggression in New York. There's so much thieving in New York. There's so much, so much, so much, so much. And this influence say of this and it could be anything anywhere New York's just getting the bad press again but the influence of that what other people have said what we have experienced or thought or assumed keeps coming in into the present so when we have to go somewhere we say oh it's going to be so hard It's going to be so difficult. It's going to be so bad. Based either on the information that we've heard or based on experiences or often based on both. And it's impacting in the present so much that we've got a very gnawing, unpleasant, nasty feeling going on inside of us about having to go there, (laughs) over it. So, if we're looking, we're going to be looking at the way the past shows it, shows itself, and it, is it as it were? Can we disentangle ourselves from that accumulation? What in Eastern language is called karma. Karma, in its strict meaning, not this kind of New Age stuff. But in the strict meaning of it, is the influence of the past in the present in an unsatisfactory way. That is karma. The influence of the past in the present in an unsatisfactory way. So, here's is the accumulations or the influences of the past entering into the present and shaping without our realizing it, our view of the future, and we don't appreciate that it's actually a belief. And this belief gets so reinforced, it, it keeps substantiating it, and the belief is so strong that we keep seeing it. We keep seeing proofs of our belief. Such a phenomenon, this So if we take place, which is difficult, it would be too much to expect in this world for you and I to be able to go anywhere in this world and say, we do not experience anything unpleasant. This is blatantly, I think, ridiculous. So when we go to that place, the impact of that place, at times, at moments, may be unpleasant. The impact of it, the sensation of it, we may see what is unpleasant, we may hear unpleasantness, we may smell unpleasantness, we may taste unpleasantness, we may touch unpleasantness, unpleasantness the experience the bare raw event minimal event bare raw is unpleasant but that unpleasantness even if it has a sequence to it meaning several moments of unpleasantness in itself doesn't produce or form or shape or make anxiety tension fear pressure worry or whatever so even though the senses may be touched with unpleasantness, even though the experiences of the past may have been quite painful in that situation, that doesn't make that place or that situation a bad place, a negative place, a horrible place, a fearful place, a, a terrifying place. So, it's how looking at what happens, what we do with the old material and the old experiences and information, and are we using it against ourselves? Are we carrying the old into the present and then into the future and then getting it confirmed by what takes place around us? And I think in our quiet moments, it's very important for us. Where we have unpleasant associations around a place, or around a group, or around a society, or around an activity, to, see, to look into that and see if we can pierce into that and, and dissolve that image and that idea so that we're free to see what unfolds, to see what occurs with us. Now, given the nature of things and the nature and the world of um, dependent arising and everything oh. codependent or dependently arising, things happen to us which are quite unexpected. One does, can't, has no past reference for it. And one comes into a situation and the old, the past, doesn't fit into it. So you and I, in our patterns, we often assume, very naturally, that how it was, so it will be. <coughs> and this is a pattern, how it was, so it will be. But in the multiple dimension of things, there's no guarantee for that. No, nobody can say with any conviction or certainty how it was, so it will be. So one introduces deep in one's being an air of provisionality. Seeing of change, seeing that things can be different, can be seen different, perceived different from what we have thought. Understand? Can can we find ways to see different quite freshly from way we have thought them to be? This is, it takes a lot of investigation here. This afternoon, um, and Elizabeth was. Telling of her experience of uh, arriving uh, late in the, uh, uh, the after I'd spoken about the, the, the form. And when she was uh, talking, it, it, it reminded me of what somebody else I was uh, talking with on a retreat. And I had introduced a few changes into the, into the sitting form and had mentioned that the guidelines of people just coming and, and sitting and uh, finding a spot to sit. So one person had come two or three days late, and you know, obviously I should have uh, mentioned to them that this, the form had changed. So actually this person's just going on the memory. The memory, well, that, it used to be like that, but, um, and, but come in and find it's not and couldn't make out. And the person said, you know, I, you know, I mean, I'm used to sitting with confusion. <laughs> but... It, it, it gets a bit much starting off walking in here with confusion when I see all, all, this, all this change has gone around. And then the person says, well, I can't fathom out at all what's going on. When I look around, I keep seeing this piece of paper with R on it. <laughs> and I wonder, who is this person? <laughs> That's got so many claims
1: <laughs> and
0: so many, you know, no, you know I'm, I'm, I'm used to, you know, Christopher, you're, you're changing things, but, you know, you know, are you going from, you know, letting go to attachment and clinging because this person seems to be claiming half the whole. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, the only person I could think of it would, must be Henrietta because her name's Rogel. Yeah. <laughs> And so, <laughs> so sometimes the old and the reference to the old and the new has changed in such a way that one's is in confusion because one's apparent reference points don't fit and this goes on in our life in, in, in numerous situations where the old is inappropriate And to some degree, one might say, freshness of mind, beginner's mind, starting anew each day, is to, as much as possible, make that clear to ourselves. So when we look at the, the present into the future, we might well be thinking in the repetitive pattern of only seeing differences. This then begins to set up a polarity for ourselves. So then we might begin to explore differently, in an unfamiliar way, by seeing connectedness. By seeing what are the similarities, what's the links between the present and the future. We might be, in our looking at present to future, we might say, what is it that I am Think, the way I'm thinking about the future and feeling about it and the sensations coming into my body about it what is it there that perhaps if I look carefully enough here I might be able to find here as well so that would be an, another consideration another way of working and another way of working in our relationship to as well as the looking at the past and its kind of influences and how much is one carrying? What is one carrying? Is one prepared to look at the concepts and the associations around those concepts and see if one can dissolve them, not carry a fixed image about any place or situation? And another way that we can look at the the present into the future is what kind of attitude can I bring to the situation, present and future, which... Will help me to handle it well. Rather, when we live in the unpleasant, painfulness, and fear of, it's as it were in those moments we're undermining ourselves. We we need to bring out of this this attitude, very valuable attitude in life. Well, how can I handle these situations well? What what kind of what can I bring to that? So the like the present, the future deserves thought, it deserves consideration, but it's the emergence of um, an uh, an understanding or an attitude with regard to that. And that willingness helps us to cut through some of the contractions and fears we may have about next week, next month, next day, or, or whatever it might be. And in in that sometimes too with our situation of the present into the future I've, my um, younger uh, daughter I just um, telephoned her this morning and uh, was just talking for a few minutes with, with her on the phone and asking how she was going and how her days are going and she said to me one, one, one day she said to me uh, do you know what daddy she said the future never comes. And uh, sometimes simple, you know, wisdom like that really has a a touching. And she said, Daddy, the future never comes. And then two or three days later, she came up and she said to me, Daddy, the the future never comes. But if it never comes, why am I growing older? (laughs) So sometimes in our looking at our relationship to the, uh, the present and the present in the future, sometimes just the shift of focus is a kind of inner shift to help allow, enable us to look at in a non-typical way, a non-patterned way, so that that way of looking may well seem quite unfamiliar to us. And so, I don't think ple- unpleasant moments or periods or whatever are harmful or damaging or uh, contracting in and of themselves, but the, but the way that we relate to those kind of experiences, that's the, the vital thing. The other with regard to the uh, present into the future is when... Future is perceived all in the field of pleasantness and some kind of of continuity or substitute in which the future will be extraordinarily pleasant for us. And again, very easy, we get caught up in that. And I think it's such a strong, potent influence in the society. The society itself the value structure of the society is very, as we know, future orientated for us in which the future becomes the fulfilment of dreams the completion of all that one desires and when we look at it in that terribly easily conditioned way that mode of looking in that way puts us in a situation where if we're lucky Almost, we might say, we get what we want only for what we want the sensation of it to dissolve. The uh, appreciation of it to dissolve, the, the happiness, the contentment, whatever the fruit is of what we get what we want, that feeling must fade away. And when it fades away, naturally enough, it gets replaced with another intention, another wish, another desire, another movement to replace or intensify or get it in some other way. This process of being caught up in this time and time again happens perhaps because once again we're not seeing the present Adequately enough in order to understand its relationship to the future. I think, in many, many cases, what we are looking for is so close to us, what we are deeply looking for is so close to us that we forget it. We forget the close proximity of all that we look for, all that one's heart's wish is so close. And when we forget, then the future becomes a means to get. Sometimes in our relationship to past and and uh, uh, future, since there's so much of the unexpected, then there is so much of the unknown which goes with it. And I'm just—I was reminded of this in the. Um, and just in the title for the talk this evening having um, seen the the um, film on one of those um, gladly uh, forgettable TWA flights <laughs> where talk about images and a couple of years ago um, I came on a BA British Airways flight and uh, we touched down at uh, uh, Logan at Boston Airport and the the, the pilot, uh, uh, British uh, pilot, um, as we touched down, he said on the uh, inter- intercom through the plane, he said, usual, uh, thank you for travelling with uh, uh, British Airways. You have now completed the safest part of your journey. <laughs> <laughs> Which was very encouraging for the British tourists. <laughs> So sometimes there are these various uh, um, uh, images and I remember seeing this uh, seeing this film, um, Back to the Future, and the, the only thing I can actually rem- um, distinctly remember in the film is, those who've seen the film, I think the guy gets transported back into the 1950s or something. And then he tells somebody about what's going on in the 1980s and so this first question that is asked, well, is who's the, the, the president of the United States? And this guy says, Ronald Regan. And this person in 1950 says, Ronald Reagan. And who's the vice president? Jerry Lee Lewis. <laughs> 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 so sometimes in this... <laughs> in this... Uh, s- um, situation of of past and present and future the the flow of events and what occurs for us sometimes it seems completely unimaginable and i won't say that's an example but <laughs> <laughs> so with the past and with the present again the force of the sensation the experience of easily becomes the the, the the involvement in the holding to the experience, the holding to the sensation. And so what very easily can occur is, if we are holding, that holding obviously becomes the past. So tomorrow we will leave. Tomorrow money will go in multiple different directions we don't know whether we'll meet and have contact again or we'll be together again. There can be in one's heart's wish, of course, is that there is appreciation and, and joy and gratitude and the feeling that in spite of all the... that one goes through on a retreat and it's a challenging process for consciousness. It's a major challenge, this adventure in consciousness. And has all the appreciations which are there and do get expressed yet in such a way that it's not leaving a holding. Because if there's a holding with that, a grasping and a clinging around that, when we do come, shall we say, to what we conceive of, say, as the future, tomorrow, day after, day after, that holding can work in such a way that in a way it undermines where we are. It, 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 it becomes a kind of shadow, and then we st- set up ourselves once again between, oh this and what it was like. And it, which is quite a different thing for expressing appreciation for the past and acknowledging of what's gone by and what one has learned and understood. But a very vital aspect of understanding is not clinging to the old. Just not clinging to it. So that in this world, as you and I move through this world, we then in the movement can feel that we're traveling as lightly as possible. In that we might say, what about teachings? What about spiritual practices? What about the mode of conceiving of them and thinking about them in a, in a useful mode? And in that, we may well and very appropriately give consideration to past, to present and to future. And I think in that respect, it's not so much the future in terms of a specific goal-orientated future, which in a way, if we do that, we're basically going from materialism to spiritual materialism, caught in the same mode again, but on a slightly different level or different plane. But a, a consideration to the past, the present and the future is much more along the lines of using the Countless opportunities which present itself for the development of consciousness, for the opening of consciousness, for the the insights and the clarities and for mindfulness and heartfulness in life. And in that you and I may well look on the past, see how we were, how the state of consciousness was in the past. Look with regard to the present see the sense of the journey which is being undertaken and quite validly use a sense of time and in in that so when we perhaps I think think about future and think about spirituality not so much as what goal or whatever and, and viewing it in that orientated way but rather thinking about the spiritual life in terms of time in terms of what ways and means can help facilitate the process so when not fixing it as a goal thing but a much a more expanded view beyond goals actually to what contributes what would contribute to facilitating the process to enable that to continue To enable the awarenesses, the mindfulnesses, the heartfulnesses, the insights, the ways of being in in the world. So that there's a trust there that the exploration of time and the use and the employment of time, past, present and future, and the freedom which comes with it, comes through this exploration into time. When you and I are very, very comfortable with time, very comfortable with time, very, you know, just inside the feel that, you really feel comfortable with time, comfortable with the past, comfortable with the present, comfortable with the future and what the future may be or may not be. When that's there, that sense, that, that sense there, not perfectly obviously, not in or situations or whatever. But the general sense of that there, it means for us that the differences, the highlighted differences that thought does between the past, between the present, and between the future are not quite as big as we imagine. When the past, the present, and the future is not as big as we think, and the differences are not as vast or as uh, separate as we imagine and and the sense of that inwardly and it 's been understood the intimations of timelessness keep coming through like dawn comes through into the new day <coughs> it it's it 's it, it, it the the thought that sometimes the body sensations sometimes the emotions and generally all as it were, all three feeding those differences and and building up past, present, and future as though they were separate, independent entities having their own existence. When we do that, we get trapped in time. We feel frustrated with time. We feel fearful. We feel worried about endings and futures and things like that. We feel the past is so unresolved and and, and so much from the past But we begin to sense this comfortableness with times, comfortable with the processes of living, as I say, the intimations of timelessness. Begin to touch consciousness. Begin to become rather obvious, rather apparent to us. And of course, it's in time that there's coming and going. It is in time that there's birth and death. It's in time that there is change. It's in time that there's processes. And now seeing into time, seeing into that, allows that touch of timelessness, or birthlessness, or deathlessness, or beyond coming and going. And that's immediately accessible to us. It's not something far away. It's not something that's a long way down the line or anything. It's available to us in all times, and then the heart and the essence of the teachings, the Dharma, the, the Buddha, the communication of the essential communication, the liberating communications becomes so obvious. It's so very so simple, so evi- evident, and in in that is. The Buddha once said, timelessness its as obvious as color to a person with good eyesight. That obvious. So let's see, when we have some thought about the past, about the present, about the future, see whether there's images and holding going on, see if we're building up differences, see if we're setting up time as having some, each of the three times having their own independent self we look into all of that it loses its substance not that there's no not that we de- miss, dismiss time and say no past no present no future but rather it loses its independent separateness of those three times. liberation freedom it abounds everywhere everywhere may beings see into time may beings see into the nature of things May all beings abide timelessly. Let's have a couple of quiet minutes yeah. here.